Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online, brought to you by Gulliver's Sports Travel. My name is Matt Southgoom and this afternoon I'm delighted to be joined by Wales Online's very own Delmi Parfit and Andy Howell. Good afternoon, chaps. Afternoon, Matt. Hiya, Matthew. How are we? All right? Very good. good, Matthew. How was the early starts going for you both? I know you're in bright and early this morning. Matt, when you get to my age, then you don't sleep that much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then, let's jump into it. Wales have obviously completed their summer tour. The season's over uh, as far as they're concerned, the internationals. Um, a 24-6 win over Tonga in Auckland last week and then followed up with a 19-7 win over Samoa in Apia. And, I mean, does that constitute success on this tour? Certainly does, yeah. I think so, yeah. Because uh, I, I'll be honest about it. I expected Wales to uh, lose both matches, and I expect them to lose heavily today in uh, in Samoa. They've surpassed my expectations by uh, a long way. Full credit to Robbie McBride. He's had a lot of stick as coach, but he, you know he's done a good job over there. And I must say, I think that uh, Jamie Roberts has uh, led by example. Uh, it's been a bit of an inspiration as a skipper. His personality. Uh, etc rubbing off on such a young squad I mean Wales went over there with less face facts a lightweight pack but somehow or other they've managed to come up with two victories Wales have been to Samoa in the past with two really good teams and they got stuffed on both uh, uh, occasions so I think there's a lot for the future has come out of it I think it'll please Warren Gatland it's currently with the Lions in New Zealand it's given him some extra depth potentially the key for now for these young players like your Dylan Lewis's, like your Seb Davis's, uh, like Adam Beard, Rory Thornton, as they get regular rugby for the for their regions. Del, um, from the start, this tour had sort of disaster written all over it. You had coaches dropping out of the tour. You had players declining the opportunity to go on tour with them. But as Andy says, by hook or by crook, they've got two wins. And I guess part of me thinks they've just got to take that because I had my like Andy, I had my fears as well. I mean, what what are your thoughts on, on how it's gone for them? Oh, I, I think undoubtedly they've got to take it. And you can't argue with two wins out of two. Um, same as Andy, I perhaps didn't have quite the, the fears that they'd lose the two games, but I certainly thought they could certainly lose one. Probably the second one was favourite. I don't think it's the strongest ever Samoa side, to be quite honest. Uh, I looked at them um, in, in the game against Wales. Um, they weren't hitting as hard as they're... Uh, uh, renowned for doing, and I don't think they've quite got uh, uh, the skill set behind uh, behind the scrum um, that they once had. But but look, there's no question that Wales showed guts to win that game. Um, they, they, the Tongan game, I thought they were scratchy, and I thought the scoreline flattered them a little bit. They got that penalty try towards the end, um, but they hung in there today, and uh, they could have lost that game. And, and on another day, on another tour, they would have done. And I think unlike the trip to Japan four years ago, which was the the Lions uh, year as well, I think they've, um, as Andy alluded to, I think they've got quite a bit out of this tour. They've blooded some youngsters. Um, Although whether, as Andy said, uh, they will get regular rugby, I don't see how they can, to be quite honest, when they go back to their regions, because there's just too too, too many players vying for too few spots, um, which is a shame, but it is vital, like people you know like said Davis I use him he's probably the prime example doesn't just uh, you know go under the radar from now on mm. and Dale's touched on it there about this tour they've, they'll actually learn things about certain individuals um, we'll use Samoa today as, as an example um, they won that game 1917 poor conditions in Apia 
we've now learned as well that there was a sickness bug in camp when players were vomiting at half time etc etc putting the performance and so so on to one side for a moment the coaching staff will have learned a lot about what kind of people these youngsters are whether or not they've got it you know got the grit and determination but you know what it takes to get through situations like that and those lessons for the players and for the coaching staff as well can be invaluable yeah of course they can and I think that, you know you've got to give some praise there's young leaders in that squad but I'm thinking of uh, people like uh, Alex Jenkins you know he's a proven leader over the years future Wales Welsh captain for me could be a future Welsh captain if he's got the ability as a player but uh, you know captain Wales the runner up spot the under 20 World uh, Cup he's led throughout his life you know and he's got that attitude like Peter Romani with the Lions he's a scrapper and he never you know he, the word word defeat doesn't you know he just cannot stand that word you know if you're playing uh, cards against him he would uh, be fired up to win uh, so he's one and another one I know they got eye hopes of and who I like he's feisty gets stuck in and he's got a fantastic attitude is Adam Beard mm. I certainly think he's uh, He's one for the future. And then the other boy, of course, like I said earlier, needs game time, got big potential, and Wales are especially weak in the position. Tight dead prop is Dylan Lewis. You know, I thought he showed some great signs of day in the scrum went uh, uh, very well. Dylan, the headline on your match report this morning sort of struck a slightly different tone. Do you just want to explain what, what, what perhaps you, you maybe wanted to see from Wales that, that you didn't today? Well, I, I just, look, I just felt that... Um, over the course of the two games, and, I, and that was the point I made in the match report. Over the course of the two games, I thought we didn't. You know, there were encouraging signs around individuals. Dylan Lewis today, you know, is, a, is one example, like Andy said. But I just think over the course of the two matches, we didn't see uh, a great deal from Wales that really sort of lifted us out of our seats. In particular, behind the behind the scrum, and I thought it, you know it was interesting that Scott Williams didn't play today. Mm. And okay, look, I accept that the conditions were awful in Samoa. And of course, when I wrote that report, I didn't have a clue that they'd had upset Starks. <laughs> so that's bound to be a factor. But um, I, like I say, I just felt over the course of, 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 the, of the tour, you know, there was very little of real quality that we saw from Wales. And, and you know, and, and for me, to me, the performances were a, a little bit disappointing, even though the results weren't. You know, but that's not a bad thing. It's, it's, I would rather have... Good results and poor performances, and the other way around. Yeah, I guess we'd all rather this than taking a defeat to Japan, for example. Well, it's rather than taking any defeat, isn't oh, it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. four years ago, Wales were hopeless mm. in Japan. Uh, simple as that. Fast improvement. Don't forget the other thing, I think, as well, against Tonga as well, it rained. So that yeah. made conditions difficult. But yeah, Dell's got a point about the back play. Wales haven't exactly showed a repertoire of uh, back moves and uh, putting the ball for the hands. Uh, I mean, okay, Steph Evans, he, he did get two tries today after they'd done the uh, initial work, but it wasn't very often during this tour that the ball, like, you know, they brought the full back into the line and did uh, moves like I've still not crashing the ball up. Um, Scott Williams came on today and yeah, the second uh, killer try, uh, uh, Steph Evans' second try, Scott Williams lost your great hands uh, doing that movement, as did uh, uh, Corey Allen and Anscombe to work Steph over in the corner. But yeah, we didn't see a lot of. Uh, Good back moment, which you see from you know your top teams. Yeah, I mean there was there were a few instances. I, I, you see them try and get Steph Evans at the back, but I mean it was mm. so telegraphed. He got clattered by Ray Lilo. I think mm. Gareth Anscombe might as well have shouted across to his Cardiff Blues buddy and said, "Yep, Steph's just coming down here. You can just nail him if you want." 
Yeah, um, I think we all saw that one coming. I know conditions were tricky as well, but I thought Sam Davis kicked the ball too much when they were in really promising positions. It should have showed some more uh, patience. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think there is. Uh, uh, whilst rugby does that too much, they content the uh, boot uh, to ball instead of just being patient and maybe carrying it up and getting a bit of thrust. I mean, uh, Wales weren't going anywhere really on a second try until the prop win Jones made about eight yards put the opposition on a back foot and soon afterwards Wales uh, really scored you've got to go do that sort of thing I, I think thought there was a yeah, that poor in the first half there was a really poor decision from Sam Davis when Wales attacked on the right flank and they were really close to the line and he tried a little dink over the top and it got intercepted by the uh, yeah, Samoan it, fullback I just thought you know why on earth would you kick the ball in a position like that yeah, what's, yeah. The, what's the point isn't it you know, yeah, just yeah. keep all the ball because yeah. when you kick the ball invariably at best it's a 50-50 call who's going to win the ball yeah. isn't it yeah. so. I guess what we to summarise then there's, there's lots of things to work on um, but like we mentioned mm. two good two good results maybe not two ex- exceptional performances but I think they probably learn a lot about some young players on this tour and that's the key yeah, sorry to interrupt yeah. that. the key thing for me is what part to play have these people got now in, in the Autumn Internationals, in the Six Nations? I'm for the regions. You know, go, yeah, go, going through to the World Cup. You know, are, are any of these lads, you know, these youngsters and 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 other guys who are not really youngsters, and I, I mean people like Owen Williams and Thomas Young, are, are they have they got a, a part to play or does Gatlin, or, you know, have they just filled a filled, in, yeah. f- filled a gap you know for for lions absentees you know if, if if it's the latter if that is the case it's really disappointing because to me then it just makes tours like that totally pointless yeah uh, so you know like rob howley um in the six nations you know there was excitement when he named a lot of rookies in his squad and then didn't play any of them yeah. and and for me the key now is well what do we what involvement are they going to have if they're just discarded now or constantly never making teams and squads then what's, the know, point? what's been the point you know players as well like Alice uh, Jenkins have got that um, you know they've come they're winners aren't they you know they've got how well they did world under 20 level and all those guys can, they've shown before they know that this is senior test rugby not age grade but they've shown you know they can do it on a uh, bigger stage and we've got to be looking for players like them to uh, to come through let's um Let's go around the table for a moment, Dan. Who's who stood out for you on this tour? If if you can just sort of pinpoint a couple of players that have perhaps impressed you. Yeah, I thought Dylan Lewis did well. I thought Alice Jenkins' leadership, and I was really pleased to see uh, Josh Naridi having such a good tour. He's missed the consistency for uh, Cardiff Blues. He may never make a top international play, but one thing you always get with Naridi is absolute hundred uh, percent. Hundred uh, percent commitment. Did well at the back of that scrum today. Didn't he did. He, he, he did. Difficult. You know, under those conditions, yeah. really uh, uh, tough. I thought the young locks, the, you know, went pretty well. Thornton, uh, Beard, when he came on, Seb Davis had a good, uh, good tour. And a, but a player really does excite me is Ryan Oliasioka. I think he's uh, he's got the uh, physique, the mobility, and the skills to be a really good international uh, rugby. He's the Monday. Monday uh, hooker and I know he pushed Ken Owens at the Scarlets uh, last season played in the Pro 12 uh, final you know he's a guy I think who could really come uh, roaring through Dale is anyone who sort of caught your eye or deserves a mention Andy hasn't left me too many there but sorry Dale no but one one guy we didn't see much of who I I really really like the look of is is the scrum half Thomas Williams you know I think he's uh, I think he's got all the attributes and I hope um, 
I hope we see him, him come through in the next uh, year or so. Yeah, I just, sorry, Anne, to cut you off here. I, I need to take this opportunity, I think, because I, I absolutely slated the call up of Corey Allen in the build up to this tour. But I actually think he's done all right on the wing. Yeah. I thought he yeah. was pretty physical. He took yeah. that knock against Tonga, got back up and smiled about it, which really impressed me and said a lot about his character that I probably didn't appreciate before. It'd be interesting to see what he does at the Ospreys next I, season. I, I predict he'll do really well at the Ospreys and turn out to be one of the best signings. Yeah. Another man I want to mention, I think Gareth Anscombe's done all right on this tour as well. He's only got, what, 10, 11 caps, but I think he's found himself all of a sudden as one of the more senior players in the squad. Mm. I think he took a few moments in different games by the scruff of the neck, and I think, you know, he's probably worth a mention as well. Yeah, against Tonga, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think he should be playing outside half, though. Yeah, 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 but that's an interesting yeah, dynamic. Between, yeah, because he offers such an attacking threat himself. It's got that two-second receiver yeah. element to him and Sam Davis playing together. Yeah, I was a bit disappointed. I know conditions are really tricky for half-backs today, but I was a little bit disappointed with Ali Davis in the first half in particular. Mm. Knocked on a few times, dropped a couple of balls and all. And like I think Thomas Williams will have a big uh, part to play in the future because, you know, uh, Gatlin's been talking about him for about three years. But, he had a, of course, he did have a serious injury. So I think he's another one who is particularly keen on. And when they tend to be keen on certain players, those players will get opportunities. All right, then let's... Uh, Divert our attention away from the international stage just for a moment. There's been things happening down at the Dragons this week, Andy. No longer the Newport Gwent Dragons. Uh, obviously being rebranded, etc. New logo and all that. And uh, it was the first press conference with their new boss, Bernard Jackman. you down there. What, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that appointment and how impressed or otherwise were you at the press conference? Well, I managed to survive the day, Matthew, because it was so hot down there. It was sweltering and then they couldn't have held it in a hotter room <laughs> so we were literally all dripping with sweat and fear oh Bernard Jackman though, still didn't take his suit jacket off I don't know how he managed it uh, no he's an impressive uh, character I mean he, not only does he look like Keith Wood he's a Keith Wood uh, you know uh, and he's Irish of course you know same, playing the same position but like Woody he's also a good uh, a good talker and he's really up for the challenge. I don't think there's any excuses from him, but budgets, uh, whatever. And he impressed me uh, about you know what their plans are, what he hopes to do, uh, the importance of the, about the backroom team, players, and how uh, basically it's uh, sounded like it's almost a 20. Uh, these players are going to have to be thinking rugby, you know, for, for 10 hours a day, mm. because I think he's really, you know, he's a, he, he, what he described himself as a rugby nerd. Uh, taskmaster? I think he, he, I think he is, as, as, as we've, you know, as we've seen, and which he answered honestly. And I put it to him that uh, that there'd been a players' revolt at Toulon because he'd banned desserts. Uh, sorry, Toulon at uh, Grenoble because he banned desserts off the menu at the training ground. And he explained that away, saying some players were carrying too much body fat, and a professional athlete. So he did ban desserts. Yes, and there was a bit of revolt. He said from players who were content just to avoid relegation every year, while he wanted to finish in the uh, in the top six. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Dell, obviously, the the name has been dropped. Newport Gwent's been dropped from the from the Dragons' name. Where do you stand on all this? I, I know it's a hot topic with a lot of fans. Uh, many people would prefer to see the name in there, but personally, I, I don't think it's all too bad. I, I wonder what your thoughts are on it. I'm absolutely over the moon that they dropped it, Matt, because it was the cumbersome, unwieldy, stupid name that didn't satisfy either um, support supporters, either your, your, uh, your non-Newport or Newport diehards. It didn't do anything for either of them. It was a mouthful, um, and I think the WRU um, are absolutely spot on to just, to just make them the dragons. And, and it's interesting, Matt, that 
from what I've seen, and okay, you know, there may be stuff out there that I haven't seen before. I've seen there's been very little dissent about it. Mm. I think people have just, you know, accepted it. And when for years it was like, whoa, if, if, yeah. if ever they were to drop the Newport, oh, there'd be riots in the streets. Well, <laughs> where you know, I haven't I haven't seen any of that. You know, unless there's a bit of apathy from the supporters at the moment in in, in the close season. But I, I think. Uh, it's, it's, it's the absolute right decision it should have been done years ago yeah Dale's right because it's all been overblown I mean supporters at the ground the majority of them have been supporting, uh, shouting dragons for years Newport yeah. was shouting the first season and then it got overwhelmed by the tide from elsewhere and um, I don't think people uh, people people that bothered and what's going to be interesting their first home match of the uh, season in the Pro 12 don't know their opponents yet but they've got major plans by hook or by crook at the Welsh Rugby Union to sell that game out so it will okay. be interesting if they get a full house there. I mean, Dragons end of the season, they had a full house, which is, I think, 5,000 odd, when they were forced to move their match uh, uh, against the Blues because the pitch was unavailable. Ronnie Craig at Philly made that a big occasion, special day. And I think the WIU, like they have done with Judgment Day, are determined to sell out their first home uh, match. I, I, I th- I'm, not, I'm not personally that excited about Bernard Jackman. I think... Um, he could do well, and I and I wish him well. But what he has got going for him, Matt, is that he's coming at the right time. And as much as the dragons, they can't get any worse. Yeah. They yeah. can only get go that way, yeah, the yeah, right yeah. way. Yeah, so, I, I, you know, at Kingsley Jones, he's been sort of moved to another job now with the Exiles. But even Kingsley, he accepts the dragons' new start. Welsh Rugby Union, perhaps it was the right decision. Start with a clean sheet of paper, new man. What does disappoint me is why isn't there a Welsh? person to be uh, do the job as Mark first chief executive of the Welsh Rugby Union said it's always got to be the best person for the job better if they are Welsh but what it also says to me is the Welsh Rugby Union for 20 years or whatever had all these elite coaching schemes in place for you know level four level five well what's the point if we're not producing uh, enough coaches to coach our, all our own uh, all our own that's, uh, that's teams correct. If, if you're going to come out with a soundbite like that then you've got to uh, you can't be surprised if people turn around then and say, "Well, does that mean your elite systems have failed?" Then because and, and, be, it, and, it, and it must do. Yeah, because they, you know, I bet they spent a million pound plus, you know, on coaching over the years. Well, what's the point if you're not going to produce uh, produce people? Yeah. yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so, like you said, fresh start, new new man in charge, new logo, new name, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, do we know if they're still on course for that takeover to take effect on July the 1st is everything yeah. sort of in place yeah, and it's ready all, to go yeah it's all ready to go and they hope then work will start on the Deso pitch yeah. 700 grand I think that's costing for the Newport County as well the football uh, and that's supposed to be ready for Newport County's first uh, home football league match uh, on August the 26 I think they got some uh, they got other plans as well for the ground tidied up make it look better they think straight away the pitch will be pleasing on the eye and it'll start sending out uh, positive uh, messages. You know, the plans they laid out the other day were quite extensive, and I must say they were uh, quite impressive, but I will add a, a rider that a lot of this at the Dragons, unless they sign the halfpenny, who's on the market, with WIU help, or Jamie Roberts' future is a bit unclear, Ali Quinn's year left on his deal, but there's talk that Ali Quinn's trying to, uh, trying to offload him, and he is actually from Gwent, Originally, and he's, I've had inklings that he's been linked with the Dragons. Let's think another figurehead in like uh, either of those two. A lot is going to rest on the shoulders of Gavin Ensign. They were talking him up the other day. Ensign, his big role, whether it's at 10, 12 or something. 
And, uh, you know, so it would seem to be the key that Ensign stays injury-free, which he's found very difficult in the mm. past because a lot is going to be right, could be riding on his shoulders. And I think if Ensign was playing outside half of him, all of a sudden people like Tyler Morgan and uh, Alan Amos, though Amos is a good player, whatever, and always seems to do well for him, players like them could really thrive off Gavin Ensign. Mm. Just to summarise, Dylan, are we... With all the things going on, are we confident that this is going to have the desired effect on the region? Because obviously something needed to change. I think the, f- the first thing they've got to do there, Matt, is they've got to make it an attractive place for players to go. Because at the moment, you, Andy talks about Halfpenny and Jamie Roberts. And the first thing you think is, why would they want to go to, to the Dragons? You know, why? I can't see it in a million years. Well, that's the first task, really. That's, that's the task of, of Bernard Jackman. He's got to... He's got to make it into a, a, an environment and, and a WRU that, that players look at and think, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a crack there. Mm. You know, because um, without that, they're never going to get anywhere. Yeah. Um, but, 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 but Andy's right. I, I think Henson can be a, a major uh, plus there, um, and not not just because of his ability, in which he's undoubtedly got, but I think he can he can be a sort of rallying point for for the, for the younger players and and for the fans, and yeah, um, yeah. and they've needed that. Yeah. yeah, what they what they'll also have going for them is that the WIU. There's no way at all the WIU on egg on their faces over this and the other regions and people that support us and people on Twitter and all that say, ah, look at WIU. They can't run a region itself. They messed up again. They are hopeless. They will want their plan is to turn the Dragons into the best region. Yeah. As simple as that. No, Dell's right about getting players to go there. It's up to the WIU now, Mr. Jackman, to sell their vision for the Dragons and say to someone like Jamie Roberts this is a mission we want you leading this mission to make a Jackman's goal his goal he said is to qualify for the Champions Cup year on year that's their initial goal they give themselves three years to start doing that so can they sell it to Jamie Roberts who was Jamie about 30 now is he a little bit older you know come come and be a figurehead play 12 games a season for the Dragons and we can build it round yeah uh, around you, Lee Halfpenny is going to be far more difficult because if he does come back to Wales, you would have, the Scarlets are interested in him. They've won a Guinness Pro 12 in the Champions Cup. That would seem the logical destination oh, for Halfpenny. Halfpenny's not going to go to the Dragons. Uh, not the Dragons, the Scarlets, sorry. No, I, yeah. I, yeah, so yeah. like you say, but I yeah. mean, let, let's be honest, he's never going to go to the Dragons in a million years. Unless the WRU can sell him something. But uh, yeah, I would have thought. I, yeah, I would have thought it's going to be Scarlet. Need to sell him the Celtic Manor. Passing for him up there. In one of the lodge. In, perhaps you can. Uh, perhaps they'll offer him uh, President Obama's lodge where he stayed when he was at the Celtic Manor. It's talking to Lee Halfpenny. Then that's that's a nice link to our final topic of the podcast. Uh, the Lions, obviously, in New Zealand right now, building up to the first test in uh, Auckland. Um, Halfpenny, one of the players left out of the start in uh, 15, came as a shock to many, but you've got your your own theory on why he's been left out of the side. Yeah, because he had a head injury uh, against the Maori last week uh, when uh, the scrum half was actually, funny enough, is in the All Black squad and he saw Lee Halfpenny sliding <laughs> towards the ground and he dipped his shoulder. That was a cheap Sma- shot. That cheap was a shot, shot, straight into his face. Now, you know, I'm not saying he intentionally injured Lee Halfpenny but Lee Halfpenny is the sort of player the All Blacks don't want to be facing because he's a goal kicking machine as a Mr. Kick on the tour and Halfpenny even though he played on after lengthy treatment and he was fortunate in one respect because the TMO was involved so there was a long break in play played on but after the match he failed an HIA so he's been going through the protocols 
all week since, which means he hasn't been able to train with the test team. His first full run out when he passed the protocols was the team run. Today, captain's run, which is basically they go for the motions, just mm-hmm. up, up the ground, you know what it's like. And uh, so he hasn't been able to uh, train. So that, I think that's, that's the reason that he didn't pick him in the starting uh, lineup. He's due to be on the bench tomorrow. Although uh, I understand that Jonathan Joseph was considered for a role on the bench instead, and I still wouldn't be surprised if Al Penny misses that game. Don't forget, he's had a history of concussions. Okay, um, there's four Welshmen in the starting lineup. Then you've obviously got Liam Williams at fullback, as we've mentioned, Jonathan Davis, uh, Alan Wynne Jones, and Faletau at number eight. Dell, you happy with the side on the whole? I mean, it's a pretty most of it picks itself, doesn't it? Yeah, I am. Um, I think it. I think you're right. I think the, the pack, even though. There's been some disquiet about Itoje, and, and and if you give me a choice, I would have gone for Itoje at lock as as, as much a, of a warrior as Alan Wynne Jones is. Um, yeah, I'm happy with it. Um, I I, don't, I got no massive objection to um, to Liam Williams at fullback. I'd rather have I would have had half penny in there because I think he's a because because Andy, as he referred to, is um, he's a kicking machine. Um, fly half, um, I think. Um, I got a few reservations about Farrell, only in as much as he has had this thigh strain and hasn't played much on tour, and it's a huge game. The big, it's the biggest game of all their lives, and um, I might have been on that basis a bit happier to see Jonathan Sexton there, especially because of his partnership with Murray mm-hmm. um, and maybe Farrell on the bench. Um, but you know, look, it's good, and I really like Peter Omani as captain. You know, um, I got nothing against Sam Warburton. I hope he he has some involvement in the series, but Peter Omani for me is um, the sort of I've used the word before. Now he's a warrior. He's a real sort of, and I said I said this um, in the office earlier, and people sort of laughed. But he's a sort of he's almost like a, the Lions is Roy Keane. You know, sort of a tough, tough as as as, as old boots Irishman who doesn't suffer fools and who will get in the faces of of the All Blacks. Um, and I think I think every side needs a character like that. Are we, are we in agreement then? And the drop in Warburton to the bench was inevitable. Yeah, I agree with everything Dell said there for once. <laughs> huh? I, about you know on uh, Toji on Omani. Yeah, Warburton. I think Warburton's lucky to be on the bench because I think he's uh, undercooked. You know, he's uh, didn't play from April the seventh because of injury up to the Lions tour. Played a bit against the provincial Barbados. Then he rolled an ankle in his next game, so that set him back uh, further. Um, his most recent appearance, I thought he was anonymous in the first half, showed up for about 10 minutes in the second half before getting the uh, the hook, I'll be honest about it, even though Sam's a great bloke, does a great job and all that, and at his best, he's a fantastic rugby player, I don't think he's in the shape to be on the bench, I would have had uh, standards tip which on it uh, myself, and I was certainly gone for a Toshi in that starting line-up, because I think he's one of the best forwards in world rugby, and it's so dynamic. Do your breath. <laughs> now let's uh, let's move on then. Does does Gatlin need to be applauded here? I, and I say this because I, I said I, I sort of said that Warburton on the bench was a shock, but not because of the form he's been showing. But anybody who follows Welsh rugby knows that Gatlin he is a very loyal. He's loyal, and he'll stick with George North. He'll stick with Warburton and Halfpenny, despite what the criticism and how much the criticism may be. But he's dropped George North. Lee Halfpenny may maybe on the bench because of these HIAs or whatever but he's dropped Warburton and I mean it, it wouldn't have surprised me one bit if Sam Warburton had come straight back into the side and he'd been shoe in there by Gatlin just because as we mentioned he's a, he's a loyal guy so does 
Gatlin need to be sort of applauded for rolling the dice a little bit here? I think the difference with Wales, and I think particularly in George North's case, is I think Gatlin genuinely believes he doesn't have any other choice a lot of the time. Um, and I think that's been at least partially true on, on the wings. Um, yeah. Halfpenny, I think, is... Um, yeah, I think he's loyal to him, but with, for good reason, because he's come through for him so many times in the past. Mm-hmm. Warburton, I think he sees a guy who is great with referees, and, and that can be critical in, in, in close test matches and he's always a guy Warburton he might not uh, do anything special um, from an eye-catching perspective like Tip, Tip, Tip Rich might do um, but he, he gives you um, he gives you graft and, 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 a, and a presence at the breakdown and, and, and he's a safe a safe bet yeah. so um you know, yeah, that's probably the way he's thinking there. But he does—he does need applauding. I—I don't, for one minute, think that um, even when he selected the squad and only picked two Scots, I—you know—he's always said he doesn't care about nationality, and I've always believed him. Mm. I don't think he does. Yeah, you know? it's fair enough. And what's your take on it all? You know, like we've seen over the years, Gatlin stay loyal to. To certain individuals, do you yes. buy into what Delmy's saying here? Just yeah, the fact that the competition's just not there in yeah, Wales? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with uh, Warburton captain, I think part of the reason he picked uh, Warburton as captain is Warburton's such a, a great bloke, fantastic team man, he's no prima donna. And uh, Warburton, if he was not picked in the team, he won't be sulking, he won't be moaning, going to the press, you know, tipping them off, whatever. He will be right behind the team that's been picked. 100% because Sam Warburton is a fantastic uh, team man and he will always do what's best for what's well, not his country in his case it's uh, for four countries yeah. you know he never puts himself first oh, so I, I think he's right I think Gatland is probably right yeah and I you know like the, I'm quite comfortable with the team's selection though I would have had uh, sex in there I think they can do a job okay yeah just finally then Del, how do we rate the Lions chances then out of the first test in Auckland um, I put it about 75-25 against okay. um, I can't give it any more than that I think do, do you know Matt I, I don't know it's, I, for me it's all about just how good New Zealand are I, I think if New Zealand come out of the blocks and hit their straps I, I'm not sure how the Lions are going to end up beating them yeah. because I think they might live with them for an hour but not for 80 minutes um, if New Zealand are and I know they've had a run out against Samoa but if New Zealand are rusty um, and not quite at it, and the Lions can get a bit of a um, a bit of a head of steam and get a few decisions. I don't think it's beyond the realms at all that, yeah. that they can they can win this. And Lions got to win this uh, first test. Have any chance of uh, winning the series? I think we all accept that. But uh, I think the Lions can do a job on uh, on New Zealand as they did on the Maori and the Crusaders. I think they can smell them at forward, suffocate them, force them uh, backwards, and start to put pressure. On Bowden Barrett, the Maori backs had a crack back line, but they were redundant against the Lions because the Lions did such a good job. Keys to the, uh, keys to the match, a uh, really accurate kicking game with Farrell and Connor Murray in particular come in. Got to keep the errors to a minimum because if they make too many errors, the All Blacks will feed off them and uh, punish the Lions. But I really, really have got a good feeling about this match. I think the uh, Lions can do a job on the All Blacks. I did a recent show on New Zealand radio, and I predicted the Lions to win. Have the uh, test series wrapped up after the second weekend, and I'm going to stick by it on your show, Matt. All right, well, 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 well. very bold, but I like the confidence. Um, I think that's enough talking from us now. Then, guys, Um, everyone's going to start looking ahead now to the first test uh, in Auckland, which is obviously Saturday morning at 25 to nine. 
Um, there's going to be lots of Welsh rugby news coming during the off-season as well. And of course, you can catch all the news from New Zealand and in Welsh rugby on Wales Online.